Good evening and welcome to our e-broadcast. I'm so glad that you have joined us this night and I just encourage you to gather your family around and let's have a great conversation. This week we've been talking about leadership and really how that plays into this season that we're in. What it means to be able to be good leaders, be good leaders in our home, uh, leaders with our family, on our jobs, be leaders as Christians, as churches, and we've had some great guests, and we're so thankful. And tonight, you're going to really enjoy our special guest. We're so happy to have with us tonight Pastor Stan Gleason. Pastor Gleason pastors the Life Church in Kansas City, Missouri, where he's pastored since 1988. And Pastor Gleason has also been very involved in the United Pentecostal Church International as a leader. He serves as the Assistant General Superintendent for the Western District. He's been the district superintendent of the Missouri district, as well as being on the boards of Urshan College and Urshan Graduate School of Theology. And he's been very instrumental in helping us as an organization focus on really what it means to get back to discipleship. So we're very happy to welcome uh, Reverend Stan Gleason. Brother Gleason, it's great to have you. And we trust that you and your family and your staff and, and your church and everyone's doing well. Thank you, Pastor Meyer. It's a joy, honor, and a privilege to uh, be on this broadcast, to get to uh, speak with you and your audience. And yes, we are well, all is well by the grace of God, and we're so thankful. Amen. So thankful that you're doing well. What an amazing church you pastor there in Kansas City, and the influence of that church and your ministry has has really been worldwide, and we're so appreciative of you and your staff and your church, and, and we're very thankful for you to take this time and to allow us to just pick your brain a little bit and, and to just see what all the Lord has been talking to you about in terms of managing this pandemic. All of us as pastors are trying to figure out a way to stay uh, connected with our congregations and stay creative and how we're able to communicate. And let me just start out by asking you tonight, you know, when you look at this pandemic that we are facing, where do you think the church fits into all of this? Do you feel like God has positioned us as a church for such a time as this? Or do you feel like that we just have to manage something that's come upon us? How much do you feel like the Lord was a part of what we're facing now? That's a great question, and I think every pastor and leader is grappling with that. Um, my opinion is that uh, God can and perhaps is using this pandemic to position the church and get it to where it really needs to be. And here's my thought about this. You know, the Bible says in Genesis 49 that uh, Joseph was a fruitful vine whose branches had grown over the wall. Mm. And if we see the church in the context of a date, a time, and a place, you know, so many times we talk about the church, you know, like it's an address. Right. But But the church is a living, breathing organism. And when we consider the fact that the first century church had no building, they had no dedicated worship center, uh, even the temple, the Bible says daily in the temple in every house, they did not have domain of the temple. The best perhaps the early church could do was gather in a corner somewhere. Uh, but their most effective gathering was in many various homes. Mm. And so we're back to that. And uh, I hope that the church has taken advantage of this opportunity to bring Christ, his word, his presence, a discipleship model back into the home. The most important disciples we'll ever make are our children. And so this is a great opportunity to lead our families uh, and hopefully along the way impact the community where we live. Pastor, you have been very influential in, in really helping us, um, all of us in our churches, with 
uh, shifting our thinking. In fact, I think you wrote a book about that called Disciple Shift, if I'm not mistaken. And, and you really have helped us to, to readjust our paradigms and to really look at how we can be more effective with discipleship making. When we talk about how to shift our thinking with discipleship, how do you see that fitting with this time that we're in? Because we've had to shift the way that we have church. We've had to shift the way that we connect with our uh, congregation. And in terms of discipleship per se, have we reached a time where we have to maybe shift our thinking in terms of how we do personal evangelism and discipleship? Well, you know, the good news, I think, is that we're out of the building. And for the last seven or eight years, I've been trying to kick our people out of the building. <laughs> right. And and I've been, my mantra has been, it's more important what happens Monday through Saturday than what happens on Sunday. If we're doing what we're supposed to be doing Monday through Saturday and doing what Jesus said, you know, Jesus said, go make disciples of all nations, which literally, the literal rendering is as you go, mm-hmm. as you go in your daily walk, your, your daily thinking, your daily process, have a discipleship making mentality. The church has not lived here since the first century, perhaps. Uh, you know, we go to church, and when we're at church, we do church stuff. And then when we leave church, we uh, don't do church stuff. We do business. We do family. We do, you know, recreation. We do entertainment. And we've not done a good job about uh, what Jesus told us to do, and that is to be intentional with our lives uh, and to have a disciple-making mentality everywhere we go you know it's interesting of course we're in you know shelter in place at least here in missouri we are so yeah. uh you know you can't go to restaurants you can't you know go hang out with people we are trying to be very careful about that so it's not an ideal disciple making posture that we're in right now but right. the good news is is we're out of the building. And we're having to think about being church and doing church in our homes, which that's a very positive thing. I know it's been an awkward adjustment for some parents. In fact, a week ago Sunday, we we live streamed our service about dedicating our houses, dedicating our houses, our homes. Right. Uh, and, you know, I heard comments back, you know, it was a little bit awkward for some parents. And, and I thought, why should that be awkward? Right. Why shouldn't that be natural? Uh, and so, um, you know, but anyway, I thought about this. Um, Pastor Art Hodges in Southern California, his father-in-law passed away a couple years ago, and mm-hmm. he was a pastor of a, his work there in SoCal. Okay. And they said at his funeral there were 12 families that were at his funeral that he met at a donut shop. <laughs> Because every morning at the same time, he would go to the donut shop because he loved donuts. Well, maybe he did. But he was going there to meet the same people to build relationships, which eventually turned into Bible studies, which eventually turned into disciple making, which eventually turned into rooted and grounded members of an apostolic church. And, you know, I just, that's just a one small glimpse of what Jesus wanted us to do. You know, if, if he's going to be at the donut shop, why not make disciples? Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great point. You know, one of the, one of the uh, interesting aspects of this season that we're in is that we're supposed to be doing social distancing. And I think for the most part, everybody is. And yet, it seems like in some ways, we're more connected than we ever were. We're more connected with our community. We're more connected with uh, friends and relatives. And of course, we're having to learn how to harness the internet and you know technology and all these other um, venues that we have. But do you feel like in some ways, whenever a country faces uh, an enemy, an opposition that's common to all of us, 
that in, in some ways it, it allows us to come together in our, hum, in our humanity and open up opportunities for us, like you said, to be able to share with one another and, and to use that time to disciple someone else or to witness to someone else. Yes, I think that's exactly what's going on. We're having more exposure now than we ever have. There's probably been more Bible and gospel message preached and taught in the last six weeks than at any time in human history. Uh, you know, it's interesting. In 2015, the Kansas City Royals won the World Series, and in 2020, the Kansas City Chiefs won the Super Bowl. And what I noticed is the week leading up to during that event or at the, you know, the end result of that was our community, because we had a common, let's say, champion. Okay. Uh, the city was kinder, gentler, mm. seriously, in traffic, in wow. public. You know, opening doors, smiling, being gentle, giving others the right of way. I mean, it was clearly obvious that the mood of the whole community had changed. And I think we're seeing this on a national level now. Of course, I haven't traveled. uh, All of our everybody's travel has been shut down. Right. But I think now we don't have a common champion, but we have a common enemy. Mm. And I think you're right. I think the community has pulled together. And uh, uh, I typically run through Starbucks, uh, you know, every morning on my way to the office. And I've still been going to the office because uh, I want to stay married to my wife. And it's just really hard to <laughs> no, I'm just uh, trying to save my marriage. <laughs> She's happy for me to go to the office, I think, every day. And, uh, and so uh, we do have a, a skeleton you know, crew, very small crew, just two or three here at the office every day. And uh, uh, so I'm going through Starbucks and I've even noticed it there just, you know, happy and joyful and accommodating. And in fact, the other day, uh, the lady said, uh, can I get you anything else? I said, just a few kind words. And uh, so a couple of days later, I pulled through and the lady said, can I get you anything else? I said, just a few kind words. She said, oh, we know who you are. You're staying the man. You're staying the man. <laughs> staying the man. <laughs> and so it's been it, that part of it. The connections have been fun. Yeah. Uh, has it resulted in any massive, you know, outpouring of the spirit or conversion? Not yet. But I think tremendous seeds are being sown if we are, you know, on the job and being mindful. Yeah. You know, it seems like this is a real season for us as a church to really be uh, introspective, all of us in our homes and, and uh, in our families and relationships with, with each other, our children. And, you know, I wonder really what your thought is about this. I wonder if this is not a great season for the church to really look at our own spiritual maturity and to see whether or not we do have relationship with God. Because... So many times you can have a connection with uh, a church building. You can have connection with uh, other people on a social level. But really, this has forced us to look at what is our relationship with the Lord like on a day-to-day basis. Do you think that this is kind of an opportunity or a season for, for people to really examine their own faith and their own Christianity and determine the depth of it in the midst of this crisis? Yeah, I think that's a great question, and I've given this a little bit of thought and have uh, even communicated to our congregation about this. You know, early on, I think our first, uh, our last Sunday to worship in the building was March 15th. I know others were the week prior to that. Uh, And so that next Sunday, you know, I said to our congregation, look, you know, we don't know how long this is going to last, but if it lasts 30 days or 60 days or 90 days or 120 days, you know, if if we're going to lose out with God in 30 days or 60 days because we, like you said, because we have a relationship with the building and not with God, right. you know, what is that telling us about ourselves? Right. And And so I think what's happening is the mature, committed believers 
are are um, sort of celebrating their strength and their courage in the face of opposition. And just like the early church, when persecution came, this is not persecution, but when persecution came to them, the church accelerated mm. exponentially. The church expanded uh, exponentially. Acts chapter 8, verse 4 says, And they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. And and so I think that this is a time for families to gather, to come together, to do a better job of discipling, to do a better job of communicating, connecting. Uh, every week I have a, a Zoom meeting it's called coffee with the pastor and so anybody from the church that wants to jump on they can jump on and it's thursday mornings at nine o'clock and we have a sweet single mother who's a foster mother and she has about five children in her house different ages and various ethnicities which is incidental but uh she uh, she jumped on there and we were talking about <laughs> challenges and she typically drives several couple hundred miles a day in her wow. work. She works with clients and so on. And she said, you know, uh, I've been letting my kids stay up till 3 a.m. <laughs> playing games so that I, they'll sleep in till noon so I can get my work done. <laughs> and I, I said, oh, we don't even want to go there. We don't even want to think about what that, that looks like right now. <laughs> but she's just trying to survive, you know, yeah. and. And, uh, but you know what? We had a drive-through prayer and blessing. She came through with those kids on Sunday, just drove through. Our staff was there. Wow. We stretched her hands out. We blessed her. We prayed for her. She's doing a good job of managing her home and managing the spiritual vitality of her children. And, yeah, they're staying up till 3 o'clock. She's getting the work done and keeping her sanity. So we're all trying to, you know, figure ways to connect and sure to stay in relationship. And I think this is a great time for parents, you know, to have family altar, right. have family altar. That's a sure. lost art. I grew up in a home where there was family altar every Saturday morning. Wow. And I tried to do the same with my family. And so this is a really opportune time to, to sort of rediscover that. Amen. That's so good. So good, Pastor. You know, I was thinking as you were talking about the great opportunities that are in front of us during this season. What do you think is the greatest danger for the church during this time? Well, I think probably the greatest danger is to uh, lose connection. Mm. Uh, we have to be more intentional maybe than we ever have before. We don't get that obligatory, you know, people show up once or twice or three times a week for scheduled services. I think the danger is that we lose connection, that we lose continuity, that we lose uh, morale, that people will fall through the cracks. And I think as uh, pastors, as church leaders and members of our congregations, we have we have a responsibility and an obligation to watch out for each other. And to make sure that nothing is lost. You know, the Bible says, uh, Paul wrote, um, I think it's in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, maybe verse 13 or somewhere close to there. He said, I had no rest in my spirit because I could not find Titus, my brother. Wow. And so I think the church has to ask themselves the question right now. Who's responsible? Who is their brother's keeper? Is it the pastor? Is it the pastoral staff? You know, we tried to do several several layers of uh, connecting at the Life Church. Of course, the live stream, like everybody. But uh, I've asked uh, one of our staff members to formulate a phone committee where everybody in our congregation gets a phone call. I don't want anybody coming back to the Life Church saying, nobody called, nobody checked on me. So that's one small thing we're doing. Of course, we maintain several small groups through Zoom, and I'm so thankful for that uh, coronavirus version of the Bible that says, forsake not the Zooming of yourselves together as the manner of something. 
I haven't, I haven't got that edition yet. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's there. I just read it the other day. And uh, so we've been Zooming uh, our small group, disciple-making groups. We call them Acts 29. Mm. Uh, they're connecting. Uh, I've asked every member of our congregation uh, to connect with 10 people every day, either on social media, make phone calls, send emails. And hopefully we can network and just stay in touch. Um, a week ago, Saturday, I spent four hours on my phone texting. I sent 100 text messages. I didn't wow. cut and paste. I just sent 100 personal text messages to people that I haven't been able to touch since uh, in a while. Wow. And uh, the comments were favorable. In fact, one couple that we hadn't seen in four months they came to the drive-through on Sunday, Wow. and they told us they've been watching the streaming uh, since I did that. The last two Sundays, they said we've been watching, and and so I, I think this is a way to be more intentional about not allowing people to fall through the cracks. So I think that's a potential blind spot and a pitfall if we just, you know, expect, you know, everybody to show back up. I don't think that's going to happen. I think the church is going to look different yeah. when we get back, and I don't know what the differences are, but. Let's do what we can to connect in the meantime. Do you feel like there's a danger? I've heard some pastors say that they're concerned people get out of the habit of going to church. And certainly going to church is, is, is something that's a discipline and something that should be a part of our routine and is. But do you feel like there's some danger that people could, uh, good people, not necessarily people that are backslid, but just they just get out of the habit of going to church and... And it may be difficult for them to get back into that discipline. Do you think that there's a potential problem there? Perhaps there may be. uh, And I don't know how else to couch my terms, but to say, I think that temptation is more in the, let's say, the peripheral or the fringe people that uh, are not committed, just real solid, you know, core people that you can build a congregation on. I think those people, people that you can build a congregation, they're chomping at the bit to be right. back to right. the house of God. Now, we I don't know what you did, Pastor Meyer, but um, we were did not have a streaming presence. We had an online presence, but not a streaming presence right. uh, prior to uh, COVID-19. But we have committed that, yes, we are going to continue a uh, streaming presence we're making investments and we're trying to get better every week uh we're trying to get up to speed and i think we're making improvements every week you know to uh, continue this presence so i suppose you know the temptation is there for some people well we'll just you know not make it today we'll go online but here in missouri we have bad weather so uh, this will be a bonus for us that people who live, we have people that drive up to two hours to get to our church wow. and several drive an hour and a half. Uh, and we are a metro church in an area of uh, two and a half million. So I would say the average commute is 20 to 30 minutes uh, to our congregation. So the live stream will help us, particularly for shut-ins and for bad weather days. We get ice, we get snow. Once in a while, we get a tornado, which they're saying may happen tonight. Mm. Uh, we don't deal with the hurricanes like you folks right. in Florida. Uh, so name your poison. But um, anyway, I think, you know, I'm not worried about that because right. I think, and I'm sure you feel this way about your congregation, we have something good to offer right. that you can't really get at home. It's the next best thing, but it's not the same. And I think if you have something good to offer that I'm not, honestly, that really hasn't crossed my mind. I'm not worried about that. The church is going to come back eventually. It's going to come back stronger. It's going to come back better. It's going to come back healthier. It's going to come back greater. I truly believe that. I do, too. I do, too, Pastor. You're right. You know, we've heard all these terms uh, during this pandemic, flattening the curve and social distancing and and now we're we're being told about gating and how you know we're like a bunch of horses I guess in the gate getting ready to run the Kentucky Derby and everybody's you know getting positioned if we stay on this this downward trend of minimizing the 
you know, contagious nature of this virus that we can start to slowly assemble ourselves together again. We've heard all these different terms, and, and now this term we're hearing a lot about is what they call the new normal. You know, how things is going to be a while for us to ever get back to the way that it was. But maybe we don't necessarily want to go back to the way that it was. What do you think will be the new normal for us as a church? Well, I think every pastor is thinking about that, and we're praying about that. And I've mentioned to our church several times that this pandemic is too expensive for us to go back Mm. to where we were when we exited the house. And um, we don't know what the culture is going to look like. We don't know what society is going to look like. You know, we all remember 9-11. And I remember the president, George Bush, he said, you know, thing you know we're changed forever and i didn't like that you know i still don't like it every time i have to you know go through the tsa at the airport right you know i i'm I'm aggravated because uh, 19 men stole from us our liberties you know our freedoms and our conveniences and and i am thankful for everything our country's doing to protect our travel um and so this is going to be another new normal. And, you know, we don't know what the medical community is going to look like. We don't know what testing is going to look like. We don't know if we're going to have to wear masks in hospitals. We don't know if we're ever going to shake hands again, Brother Meyer, in, in our yeah. congregations. Right. You know, uh, are we going to, you know, are we just going to, you know, give the, the holy elbow bump? <laughs> right. Or are we going to, you know, do the Asian nod or... You know, what the bow, you know, what what are we going to do? Even, you know, a slow phase back in the whole social distancing. I anticipate the elderly of our congregations to be much more reticent to return than perhaps others. And I would not blame them. Yeah. And I know some pastors are even considering uh, an extra special service just for the elderly Mm. where they can practice strict social distancing and perhaps craft a service, you know, particularly for them. Yeah. Um, I don't know what that new normal is going to look like, but I hope... Okay, so let me just give a bird's eye view. I really feel that what's going on here is that um, this world has realized more than ever before how small of a community the world is, and we have a common enemy. And we see where people are willing to surrender personal freedoms in the name of survival. Right. And this will be the dominant spirit and attitude of the tribulation. Now, I personally don't feel the church is going to be here in the tribulation, but we feel a prevailing wind of the tribulation. And I think the Antichrist is taking notes. Mm. I think the Antichrist is alive and he's watching. You know, there's a lot of talk now about this, you know, chip that people can have to, to scan for medical things. And, you know, we've got a gentleman in our congregation who's involved with the government. And, you know, there's talk about, you know, are we going to every time we go into a public building now, we're going to be scanned for viruses. And, you know, we, we better just get used to it right now. There are going to be changes. And uh, but as the church we have to be mobilized more than ever before. And we have to realize, if nothing else, that Jesus is coming soon. And I think this is a, a great uh, a great message to us in this pandemic. More trouble is coming. More trouble is coming. But we as the church, hopefully through this, have, have uh, you know, found our own learning curve and that we're going to be better for it. You know, Pastor, we've been hearing great reports. I know you've seen it in your church. We've seen it in our church where, you know, people are just driving down the street and they see there's a few cars in the parking lot. They come in. They're coming off the street getting baptized. People are getting baptized in swimming pools. People are receiving the Holy Ghost and healings in their home. And it's really like time whenever people that maybe are unchurched are very open to the gospel and open uh, to the opportunity to examine their own lives. You mentioned 9-11, and you know they always tell us that the Sunday after 9-11, there were more people in church in America than any other Sunday in, in, in the history of our nation. But then we also hear that two weeks later it went back down. 
And really, that's probably a verdict on all of us in our churches. Last night, we were talking to Pastor Woodward, and he was talking about how his church was slammed during the Gulf War, and then how that, that changed a few weeks later. When we look at what we're facing right now, do you anticipate that this is a great opportunity for the church to not just seize the moment, but, but somehow put systems in place that will help us to be able to capitalize on the hunger that's in this world beyond just this pandemic, but something that can be a part of who we are going forward for, for many months? And, and if so, how can we best do that? You know, Jesus said, Father, I pray not that you would take them out of the world, but that you would keep them from evil. So Jesus, in his priestly prayer in John 17, demonstrated or at least expressed in his prayer the tension that exists with a church, a bride of Christ in this world that is not of the world. But neither can we say that we're, um, we may be insulated by the blood and the name and the word and the power, but we are not isolated. We are in this world, and the culture does have an effect. Yes. I don't care how good of a leader you are. I don't care how good of a preacher, how holy you are, how straight you preach it. If you think your church is not affected by this world and the culture, then you've got your head in the sand. Okay, so that may be a negative uh, application. The positive is, is that sometimes the culture drives the church to where it needs to go, mm. to where it needs to be. Now, if I could bottle the urgency and the fear, you know, not all fear is bad. Right. You know, the bad fear, the Bible says that, you know, perfect love cast that bad fear out. But the Bible says great fear came on the early church. I believe this was in the wake of uh, Ananias and Sapphira's destruction because they lied to the Holy Ghost. Mm. And if I was in a church service and two, pe two people that everybody thought was good and upstanding were struck down, a husband and a wife within three hours of each other, you know, uh, First of all, I'd be afraid that service would never end. That's a three-hour service. That's a long time. <laughs> but uh, great fear yeah. came on the church. And then, shortly after it, and I'm sorry I don't have the exact reference, but it says that fear was followed by great grace. Great grace. And when great fear comes on the church, mm. God also visits that church with great grace and this pandemic has driven us out of our buildings. And that's where we need to be. That's where we need to be doing our best work. That's where we need to be making our greatest sacrifices. That's where we need to be doing our best discipling. For too long, too much ministry has happened at a building and not happening where it needs to happen. In fact, I researched this. I resonated the Gospels years ago. And Jesus did more miracles outside the synagogue and the temple than he ever did inside. In fact, many of his miracles happened down at the lake. Wow. And, oh, I'd like to spend more time at the lake. <laughs> <laughs> and, and to be more like Jesus in that regard. Right. And, and so, uh, yes, the church cannot resist we cannot exempt ourselves from what's going on in the culture in the world and in this case i see it as a good thing i don't see the pandemic as a negative only in the sense of the lives that it's taken right and only in, in the sense of the health that it's compromised for our for our people and people of the world in general um but anyway i this is a big topic and you asked a great question but that's that's where I, you know, that's how I feel about it. Absolutely. That's so good. You know, you mentioned earlier about uh, Joseph and the vine on the other side of the wall. Do you see part of our responsibility as a church and not just staying connected to our members, but also in serving our community? Well, um, this would be a case-by-case -case basis. Um you know, as a pastor right now, I can't encourage our people to go 
uh, in uh, soup lines, mm. you know, and, and food lines. Um, I guess, you know, if they have gloves and masks, but, you know, that would be a very individual situation. I'm not going to mandate that as a pastor because I don't want people to feel guilty if they don't have a comfort level, you know, right. of re-emerging back into the community. So I think the way that we serve our community, and I don't know about your neighborhood, but my neighborhood, I have connected with more neighbors and uh, talked with more neighbors and seen people I've never seen before than ever before. Uh, I've been trying to take some prayer walks around our neighborhood. I think that's one thing that apostolic people can do to put prayer on location. It's a proven fact that when prayer goes on location, that Things change. The atmosphere changes. People's hearts are more open to the gospel. So we can see this as a sowing time. You know, the Bible says, he that goeth forth. Let's say we went forth from our churches weeping, in a sense, lamenting that we can't come back to our church. But if we're bearing precious seed and if we're sowing that seed, maybe through Zoom Connect groups and Bible studies. We just had a lady testify to me. I shared it Sunday. Uh, Her neighbor, a mother of small children, was despondent. She'd lost her job. She uh, was dealing with self-destructive thoughts. And so this lady from our church got her mother, lives in Mississippi, on FaceTime, and she carried her mother on her iPhone over to this woman's church. And we had just anointed our houses with oil, and we prayed dedication prayers of our church. So she took a prayer of dedication to her neighbor's house. She anointed the door. Her mother's with her in the FaceTime. Her mother (laughs) is a radical intercessor. She's speaking in tongues. She's taking authority. She's casting out devils. And I'm telling you, something happened in that house. Wow. Because two days later... That woman called this lady in our church and said, you're not going to believe this. She said, I feel so good. God has blessed me. I just got a call from a hospital 10 minutes away. They've hired me. I'm starting May 11th. And she said, depression is gone. Self-destructive thoughts are gone. So this lady in our church called her mother back (laughs) to celebrate. Her mother's a tambourine worshiper like Miriam, you know, on the other side of the red. Right, right. She got on her tambourine. She started speaking in tongues and shouting. And, you know, this is perhaps for some a small victory. But for this woman in our congregation, this is a thrilling time Hmm. that she's connected with her neighbor in a way she would have never had the opportunity to do so in the past. Wow. So, yes, uh, we can take advantage of this. And, you know, every community is different. We have to be wise. But if God opens a door, let's walk through it. Absolutely. You know, we were talking the other day to... uh, General Superintendent Brother Bernard, and um, we were talking about leadership, and he talked about the importance of vision. And I just, uh, I know we're up against the clock, but I just wanted to ask you, Pastor, when you look forward 12 months, where do you see the church in America 12 months from now? Wow, if I knew the answer to that, I could <laughs> become a rich man. <laughs> You know, um, by the way, you mentioned Brother Bernard, and we thank God for his leadership. He is uh, the right man to lead us and is doing, I think, a great job in a very difficult time with the organization. I mean, you know, what can we do? In fact, uh, um, he's had the executive committee uh, have Zoom meetings with district superintendents and small groups just to connect, just to see if there are any needs to see what we can do. Um, and, uh, I've met with, I think maybe 20 district superintendents the last three, wow. four days. Wow. And, uh, a very common theme is running through all of these meetings. And that is God is on the throne. Mm-hmm. You know, God is in the middle of us. In fact, I come across a, a scripture It's in Habakkuk chapter 3. I think it's verses 5 and 6. And somebody said, where is God in all of this? Well, the Bible says in Habakkuk 3 that is before him and the plague is behind him. Mm. So God is in the middle of this pandemic. Wow. 
And, you know, what's the church going to look like in 12 months? Pandemic or no pandemic, it's going to be greater. Yes, it's it it's going to be more mighty. You know what's happened is people are praying. People are fasting. Yeah. People are are feeling more responsible to their community. We're, we're alarmed about people dying and people getting sick. And, of course, people have been healed. And some have not been healed. But uh, if we can take the disciplines, perhaps, that we've learned during this time, and take them into uh, a post-pandemic society. You know, Brother Meyer, I'm not a prophet, but we're going to be back here. We're going to be back here. Uh, maybe greater or less than, but it's, you know, from here on till Jesus comes, we know there's seven ju- 21 judgments that are coming during the tribulation, and half the world's population is going to die. This is a this is a practice. This is a trial run for the world, and it's a strong message to the church. You don't have much time. You know, the first century church greeted each other, not with praise the Lord, brother, but with Maranatha. Behold, he's coming. Wow. And we need to recapture the eminence, the urgency of the return of Jesus Christ. And if we can capture that 12 months from now, if we're still here, we should be a, a mighty revival force with the power of God working among us and in us and through us. And if we can just get better, I mean, think about this. You know, I told our church a couple weeks ago, you know, we can take church home, but we don't want you bringing home to the church. <laughs> we, we don't want you walking into church, you know, with a bologna sandwich in your mouth and your slippers and your pajamas. You know, we don't want that, but we want church at home. And if we will have church at home, guess what? Church will be better at church. Right. If we would be prayerful and godly and righteous and having moves of God and miracles and baptizing and praying people through at home, then when we come back and if we can sustain that, we'll be unlike any church has ever been in any century at any time. Wow. Pastor, if someone's watching tonight and they're not a believer, but they have some interest, they recognize that things are different now than they've ever been, what would be your message to them? Well, my message to you, if uh, you have never developed a relationship with Jesus Christ, is to know this. He is the friend that stays closer than a brother. We can all, I think, relate to that in some way. And so my message to you or to anyone that you know uh, in this time is that God loves us. He cares for us. He is there with us. The greatest trial that any man alive on this earth ever went through was Job. And Job said, I looked to the right. I couldn't find him. I looked to the left. I looked in front of me, behind me. I couldn't find God. And I want you to know, if you can't find him, he can find you. Mm. Because Job then said, but he knows the way that I take. Because my feet have not strayed from his path. And so my advice is to get your feet on a path Mm. toward Jesus Christ. And the first step toward him is to repent. Just to turn from sin and to ask God to forgive you of your sin. My, my second piece of advice is to find a pastor. Pastor Meyer, would there would be none better than him if you're in his area. To ask him to baptize you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and to begin your journey with Jesus Christ. Mm. And the great apostle Peter said, if you will take these two steps, God will be faithful to baptize yes. you in the Holy Spirit. And when you receive the Holy Spirit, You essentially are receiving the spirit of Jesus Christ because in John 14, he told the disciples, I'm with you, but I shall be in you. And so that is my prayer that you will obey the gospel of Jesus Christ and be saved today. If not today, then soon and become a believer and enter into relationship with Jesus Christ and then find a local congregation with a godly man that is leading that congregation and develop a relationship with the body of Christ. Amen. 
Thank you so much, Pastor. This has been so rich. I just ask, would you pray over us as we close tonight? Amen. Lord Jesus, I thank you for every listener, every viewer of this broadcast. I pray that grace will come and will be multiplied to every one of us. Lord, I pray the priestly blessing upon every viewer today. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord set his countenance upon you and give you peace. Lord, we come against this yes. pandemic. We yes. drive it back yes. by the authority of the word of God and the power of the name of Jesus, that it will be eradicated from the culture and particularly from our nation and from our states and our communities. I pray, Lord, that the gospel will go out, that disciples will be made, that believers will be baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit. I pray that ministry will happen in a greater measure and way than ever before. I pray this blessing upon all of our viewers today, and I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much, Pastor. This has been so great. I appreciate your time. and You've been listening to Pastor Stan Gleason in Kansas City. I know that God's got something special for each and every one of you. I encourage you to just pray with your family and let the Spirit of God just come into your home saturate your heart and your mind and let the Lord make something beautiful. He's got a great gift. He's got a great reward for you. He wants to be in relationship with you. Now may God bless you and keep you. We look forward to being with you again tomorrow night at 7 p.m. In Jesus' name. Praise the Lord, everyone. I want to thank you for joining us here at East Wind Pentecostal Church. And we want you to know that if you'd like to be baptized in Jesus' name, we can do that for you today. We can do it here at the church. We have a baptismal here at the church. We'll even come to your home if you have a swimming pool. We can baptize you in your swimming pool. It's that important for us to help you to be baptized in Jesus' name. We also want you to know that if you'd like to learn more about the Word of God, more about the Bible, that we have experienced teachers that can come to your home, teach you a home Bible study, we can even do a video chat. Whatever works for you, we want you to know that we're here for you. Also, very important, if you need prayer, we have prayer teams that can come to your house, pray for you at your home, or you can even send in your prayer request here to the church. We just want you to know that we're here for you and that we want to do anything that we can to help you in these trying times with your walk with the Lord. You can visit us at www.eastwind.church. And our phone number is 321-723-2030. God bless.